we're going to try something a little different today. I'm going to tell you a story. Okay. I mean, you do tell stories every episode. <laughs> but this is the beginning. Oh, like right from the start? Yeah. Okay. That goes to show how much planning we put into this. <laughs> I'm not even, I'm like, oh, a story, cool. I guess that's what the mics are for. That's all. A Buddhist monk leaves his monastery after 10 years. His fellow monks beg him not to leave, but he firmly tells them that he is leaving to begin spreading his new form of Buddhism. After a few months, the leader of the monastery happens to bump into him and tries to convince him to come back. The monk again firmly says that he has already begun spreading his new form of Buddhism. He calls it now Buddhism. He already has dozens of followers. But your old form of Buddhism is followed by far, far more. What was wrong with that form? The monk replies, well, that was Zen. This is now. (laughs) (laughs) Jerry, would you like to enlighten us about uh, today's topic? (laughs) Okay. Can I just say that now Buddhism sounds like uh, like an exercise uh, video from the 90s? <laughs> like um, Taibo. Like Taibo, or like now that's what I call music, number 89. Uh, today's episode is going to be about not Buddhist monks. I find it very strange that you chose... There's a- only Buddhist monk jokes, okay? <laughs> so today's topic is actually going to be about the Black Monk of Pontefract, which is a really weird word to say do you think that if that monk was in the wwe he'd be cm monk (laughs) (laughs) oh my god oh i have tons of you're fired from the show (laughs) oh my goodness yeah so it might be kind of a surprise to people that we're going to be doing the black monk of pontefract because we had said that we were going to do leprechauns um we are doing a leprechaun episode i we've both been doing like a lot of research But we don't have it exactly where we want to be to start an episode yet. So we're taking a little bit more time to get that episode right. Uh, And then we waited like a whole week because we were doing research. And then the past week has been just a gauntlet. Bananas. It's We're in the middle of a heat wave, which is just... I mean, most people are. I know some of our UK brothers and sisters are involved in a heat wave as well. Yeah, I looked up the temperature. It was like 72 it was yeah, 101. Well, a, a, heat, a heat wave for them. Yeah, it was 101 today. But we've got a little bit of rain coming in, so it'll probably calm it down a little bit. And uh, you might, in the background, hear some fireworks going off. Uh, I want to make sure that people understand that's fireworks. Because the 4th of July starts, like, in June around yeah. here. Uh, it's not gunshots. <laughs> We're not in that part of America. Yeah. Yeah, we are. <laughs> uh, both of us have a three-day holiday this week. Um. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, three-day weekend, not a three-day holiday. Yeah. Saturday is a holiday, but that's where that came from. (laughs) So we decided, you know what? This is a great time to go ahead and get an episode done and get something posted because uh, we really like doing this. (laughs) And when we don't do it for a long time, it's like not being watered, like a plant that's not watered. We're just like, ugh, we start to droop. Yeah, if I don't get puns in, like I start getting like like anxiety stomach aches, you know, because like I'm just full of puns and I need to put them into the universe. Yeah. And I have no way of doing that. You get all pun swollen. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But we actually chose, we didn't really choose to do the Black Monk of Pontefract. I was talking with Matt over at uh, Full Movie Podcast about this because apparently sort of the the small UK spooky boys with a Z, (laughs) uh, Dan from Real Life Ghost Stories, Kev from We Need to Talk About Ghosts, and Matt of course, from Full Movie Podcasts, were sort of talking and binge-watching videos about this haunting. And so he was telling me about it. He recommended a bunch of videos. And I watched... I, I work today, but I watched, like, 
six hours of videos about this. Yeah, I left for work and I think you were watching some videos and then I got home from work and you were watching videos. Yeah, yeah. So I've been spending all day watching it. I'm really interested in the case and the story that sort of evolved from the events that mm-hmm. that unfolded. We're going to talk about them all. But I also decided this is actually a really great opportunity to talk about some things that are often mistaken for paranormal activity or things that uh, uh, things about ourselves that a lot of people probably don't understand or know about that if they did, they might be a little bit more skeptical of some paranormal stuff. Yeah. Are they paranormal? <laughs> yeah, there are some things that are super freaky and interesting, but they are, you know, they're hardly paranormal. <laughs> Like the kind of girls you meet at a bar. Hardly paranormal? No. Freaky. Oh, freaky. <laughs> I was like, I would hope that every girl you met at like a bar or a club was hardly paranormal at all. I want to meet a paranormal girl at the bar. No, that's the lady in white, the hitchhiker. That's what that is. Oh, yeah. And then you get home and she's not there. And they're like, but she's been dead 24 years. <laughs> So this story, The Haunting of the Black Monk of Pontefract, that's such a weird name. I'm just going to say The Black Monk. Um, <laughs> what? If a monk did techno music, he'd be daft monk. <laughs> <laughs> so no word of a lie. An hour before recording, Lacey is laying on the couch with her phone, cackling to herself. <laughs> and I go, what? She's like, nothing. And she found a website of jokes, but she was just looking up monk jokes I was like, well, we need to write an intro. I need you to help me out with the intro because you're really good at those. And she's like, I got nothing. And I was like, well, could you try? <laughs> and then you just looked up monk jokes and that was <laughs> your whole, <laughs> that's what you came to the table with. I was expecting like an intro. Yeah. <laughs> Did I not introduce it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it wasn't even about the right kind of monk. <laughs> there. Wait, wait, I have a joke for a monk. Well, we're moving on. You can tell it later when, when we're when we're into the story. Wait, what did the head monk say to the monk that was asked to leave the monastery? What? <laughs> You're friared. <laughs> oh, God. Like, the genuine laughter in your face is so endearing. It 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 does help with, with weathering these jokes. <laughs> So this whole haunting story, uh, it actually started back in 1966, uh, specifically in August of 1966 in East Yorkshire. Is it Yorkshire, Yorkshire? Oh, man. Anywho, but it started with the Pritchard family. It was Joe and his wife, Jean, and then they had a son, Philip, and their daughter, Diane. Philip was 12 and Diane was 15. During August, they had this sort of like bank holiday week. So the parents like went on holiday and left the kids with the grandmother at their house. 30 East Drive. And that is actually when the paranormal activity began. Do you think it's like in that Simpsons episode where the parents go away and they're with grandpa and social services have to be called because like he's just sleeping and the kids are going crazy? Oh my God. Like Simpsons have done everything. Yeah. Simpsons did it. (laughs) That's so ridiculous. (laughs) Um, Instead of doing what we normally do where we read like a long story about this kind of thing, we're actually just going to kind of hit the the main points of we're going to focus on the activity itself because there's a, there's lots of podcasts that do stories about this haunting. There's lots of TV shows. Most Haunted did an episode. Um, Paranormal Lockdown did an episode. I think Ghost Hunters actually did an episode about this. So there's lots of, you know, dramatizations or uh, sort of focusing on the narrative. Yeah. But we kind of want to focus on like the actual quote unquote evidence. 
So once the, the parents left for vacation, and it was just the grandma and the kids, literally like the first day, the daughter claims that there was a cool breeze that blew through the house, like a cold breeze, mm-hmm. even though it was summer, and that the son, um, he noticed dust falling from the ceiling, which... I would chalk that up to plaster, like, because plaster is dusty. Yeah, even in that show, they showed, like, the ceiling. Yeah, we saw it happening in real time. But also, he claims that the place was just renovated as evidence as to why it couldn't have been that, but... That's why it could have. That's exactly, yeah, it's exactly why that could have happened. Um, We renovated my house when I was a kid, and it was dusty for ages. Then they had issues with water pooling around the house. Um, and they had called someone from the water board to come and kind of take a look at it, but they, the plumber could not find a source for the water. And actually, a guy who does waterboarding showed up, and there was like, you're oh, not the right guy. That is, yeah, like, this is completely inappropriate for our needs, and this is not nearly <laughs> enough water for you to do your thing, I guess. But he, he did an inspection, and they had suspected the water may have been coming from a different room or something, but it really wasn't coming from anywhere. They couldn't explain where the water came from. So the son, Philip, was in, he went into the kitchen and then he yells for his grandmother because there's a tea dispenser that is just pressing and dispensing tea all over the counter. There's sugar poured out over the counter. Um, The grandmother yells for whatever is doing this to stop. And at that point, everything stops. And then there's a loud crashing noise coming from another room. Do you think the grandma's like a Reiki master? Why? Because she yelled and it stopped. I don't know if that's what Reiki masters do. We really need to figure out what Reiki people do. All I know is Amy Allen. Yeah, she recommends them like to get rid of ghosts and to spiritually cleanse people, but I don't actually know what Reiki is. I know it's If you're energy. a Reiki master, please give us an email <laughs> at harleyparanormal.gmail.com. I think it's some kind of energy work, like they, they take away negative energy or something like oh. that. I, don't, I really don't know. <laughs> I'm not- uh... But we don't know that she's not one. Well, that's true. It's sort of the Schrodinger's grandma of like- <laughs> Is she a Reiki master or is she not? Well, until we confirm or deny it, she is both of those things. I love it. There was also loud crashing sounds, banging sounds, knocking sounds heard throughout the house during the time of the activity. This is what, I mean, this and other things that we're going to talk about are why Mm. it was labeled a poltergeist and not just a ghost. There was a crockery cupboard that was vibrating and shaking. What's a crockery cupboard? Um, like crock, like a crock is like a bowl. So like a cupboard in America is mostly where you keep cups mm-hmm. and maybe some plates. I think a crockery <laughs> is like where you would mostly keep your bowls. I don't really know. What a crock. What a crock. <laughs> it's a, it's a cabinet. Okay. All right. I'm on board. We don't even really say cupboard. We, we say cabinet. Yeah. Uh, but that's what I assume is it's like a kitchen cabinet. Shrunk. Um, <laughs> a shrunk. Yeah. <laughs> that's my, my German sister-in-law would say. Uh, kind of like in my mom's house, she has that cabinet, like she has like a like a, a freestanding, um, almost like a wooden locker oh. that has all the cups in it and stuff. Yeah. I think it might be like that. Okay. Uh, I didn't actually research what exactly the furniture was in the house, so. Um, Freya, help us. <laughs> <laughs> what are these things? <laughs> well, by the way, we weren't just invoking the Norse goddess Freya to help answer our <laughs> questions about crockery. No, she is a goddess. I do, I'm not saying that she's not. I'm saying we aren't talking about that particular goddess. <laughs> We're asking Freya from Full Movie Podcast. Please help us understand what a crockery cupboard is. Uh, but it was vibrating and shaking and Philip went up to it and when he opened it, it suddenly stopped, which is spooky, I guess. Nice. <laughs> no, I don't know about that. I mean, there's some big mice to be doing something like that. Have you been to New York? Uh, I have been to New York. This was not in New York. 
Just saying they do come in big sizes. That's, again, rats. I think you corrected yourself. That you're thinking yeah. of, like, the giant terrier-sized New York rats. Fair. Uh, but also, what I mean, if it's vibrating, what is it? Like, the rats were having a house party, and then as soon as the door oops, opened, they oops, shut the music oops. off. And they're like, the oh, crap. The system is down. It's the fuzz. <laughs> <laughs> so there was also, a, there's these loud crashing noises that mm-hmm. are often heard, like a, like a piece of furniture falling over. But then they, they go in the room, and there's nothing, nothing has fallen over. Yeah. Um, and during this time... The grandmother went to the neighbor's house to ask him if it was they had something fall over. The neighbor's like, we thought it was you, which is, you know, strange. Oh, no, the proximity of these houses. They're connected. It was like a duplex. Okay, well, then that easily could have been neighbors because we've had duplexes and we were always vibrating. If this was being hoaxed, like mm-hmm. if I was, the you know, the kids and the grandmother were having like a game of hoax a ghost while their parents were away. <laughs> I would make a loud crashing noise, then go ask the neighbors if it was them. Oh, yeah, that's clever. And then they go, oh, we thought it was you. We go, no. Because then that adds more, you're adding another element to the story, and you're adding almost like another witness. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, if I was hoaxing it, that is what I would do. Yeah. So what you're saying is, on the next episode, we're going to create a hoax. (laughs) I'm constantly trying to convince the kids that things are haunted or mysterious in a way. Part of it is I'm trying to get them to question everything. I've been trying to convince everyone that the woods at my job are haunted. So I'm working on it. I'm telling you, we need to do like what we talked about, that one story with the speaker. We need to do that at your job. We need to hide <gasps> a speaker that has like the sound of singing children or something. Yes. Like 100% need to do that. Okay, if anyone at my job listens to this, just keep it on the down low. <laughs> <laughs> Think of the tourism. <gasps> Uh, and then the other phenomena they had was a heavy chest of drawers uh, had swayed back and forth on its own. So that's sort of the phase one of the haunting, because this did happen in two very distinct phases. Mm-hmm. Phase two then begins when the parents come back from their vacation, and literally every disturbance they had been experiencing stops. abruptly. Mm. Yes, I found that to be very odd and telling. I, like... I feel like if my mom were to stay with the kids for like a weekend, they could probably convince her that the place is haunted. Not that my mom's dumb, but grandparents just believe everything kids say. Well, and your mom is like a believer. Like she definitely sure. believes in ghosts. So I could I could see that happening. <laughs> and I think like even someone who's sort of passively a believer, like mm-hmm. Matt, for example, yeah. uh, he is a believer, but he's very skeptical. Do you think that he's a believer? Okay, that's just... That's... <laughs> That's just rancid. (laughs) But he's very skeptical. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people that are like that, that are mostly skeptical, but are open to, you know, the paranormal. And I think that even someone who is sort of passively, you know, believer Mm -hmm. would probably be, you know, like your mom, like you could probably convince someone. Yeah. I know know you're smirking. Like your mom is far more than a passive believer, (laughs) but I'm trying to be supportive. Love you, mom. So the activity abruptly stops, and it stops for two years. Just nothing happening at all. Which, that doesn't jive with any other haunting I've ever heard of. Yeah. It, the activity is fairly constant. It's like the Jeepers Creepers guy. <laughs> yeah, he has to, the ghost had to go have a snack. Yeah. <laughs> or he needed a nap. Maybe he would need a nap because ghosts, I mean, time must be different to dead people than it is to live people. No, wait, wait, wait. I know what happened. So they had to draw um, a door in the attic and they had to draw like a handle. And when they walked in, they oh, didn't realize. So the ghost could not get rid of these these mortal people. Yes. So he drew the door mm-hmm. and then he went through the door. Yeah. And he went to the office so that he could get some, he went and talked to his caseworker. Yeah. 
They send him back to the house, and he gets back, and two years has passed. Yeah. Okay. I mean, like, I was saying that before you mansplained it to me, but, like, yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, so then when the activity finally did start back up again, it lasted for several years after that fact. Um, so how did the story start? Like, who is haunting the place? Well, we'll get to that. Okay. Because they don't know at this point Okay. in the, 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 the haunting. Some of the other activity that happened during the sort of phase two of the haunting was Diane, the daughter, was being thrown from her bed. Oh, snap. Um, at one point, she was dragged upstairs. Um, and after that incident, she had, like, lacerations on her neck as though she had been grabbed by her neck and dragged up the stairs. Jeez. Yeah, really scary stuff. The loud crashing sounds continued um and they had no explanation there was no furniture knocked over there was no nothing like that mm-hmm. these particular things the the loud crashing zone almost exclusively happened when guests were over it almost never happened when no one else was around i think we should avoid any story with children because i'm always going to think it's the kids i'm inclined to believe that it seems that some of the most famous hauntings that you know i mean like the enfield poltergeist is another one that comes to mind um, and there was also the, the, the girls that could talk to ghosts. They could they could speak. It was like, you know, ages mm-hmm. ago. Speak to ghosts and get them to produce knocking sounds. Yeah. And they were actually tapping their feet. The fairy picture. The fairy picture. Even the Perrin family haunting. Like, anytime there's these sort of really famous cases. One, I'm immediately suspicious. Because mm-hmm. famous cases should be investigated to buggery. And, and you're suspicious of everything. Obviously. <laughs> Those are the kind of cases that should be investigated more than any other. Mm -hmm. And they're always still inconclusive or there's hardly any real documented evidence. So I'm kind of suspicious because usually when they're famous, it's a publicity thing. It's not because there's actually, you know, documented, uh, you know, phenomena. Yeah. Um, I said phenomena instead of phenomenons or I don't even know what the plural is for that. Something with the phenomena. And with this one, I mean, honestly, when there are kids involved, especially this age group, there often is issues with uh, hoaxing. Yeah. Some of the other phenomena that they experienced was uh, objects flying around the room and crashing, some objects disappearing and reappearing elsewhere. Now, in a couple of the sources I've read, some say that they disappear like it's just gone, and some Mm -hmm. say it dematerializes. That's some Star Trek crap, so I'm really interested in what they mean by that. I don't... They get data. And then he helps. <laughs> and then, yeah, Data, he mans the, the transporter. I don't understand what they mean by that. And the fact that it's inconsistent between sources uh, makes me want to just kind of discount that altogether. They had two exorcisms during this, you know, tumultuous period. And both of them not only were unsuccessful, but they were also, they seemed to exacerbate the activity. Yeah. The activity would kind of get doubled down on after that, uh, which in line with my opinion on what was happening, I think the doubling down of paranormal activity after an exorcism is a very dramatic turn for the narrative to take. Yes. At one point, a family friend came in and doused several of the rooms with holy water. Doused? Yeah, I don't know what that means. I don't know if it means like sprinkled it or if she had like a super soaker that was like <laughs> blessed by the vicar. Oh my God, I love that. I would. Why doesn't that work? Why can't you, like, bless a super soaker full of water and then just start hosing people down? I think you can because I've seen pictures of Catholic priests squirting babies with water guns during the pandemic. And um, in Unsolved on BuzzFeed, yeah. he, like, blessed, like, the water bottle. Yeah, yeah, he had, like, some, like, <laughs> Evian water that was blessed. 
Oh, goodness me. Uh, but after they did this, they said that the poltergeist responded by destroying several of the crucifixes in the house, but they don't really say exactly how they were destroyed. Like, he took a basilisk tooth and <laughs> drove it through one of the crucifixes. So. Uh, and then painted upside-down crosses all over the walls of the living room. It's dramatic. Not only is it dramatic, I love that the ghost has access to paint. Oh, shit. And brushes. <laughs> Yeah, because they don't—they don't specify if it's finger painting or not. He's an artist. <gasps> He's an artist. He's a struggling artist. Yeah. I have a little bit of issue with the upside down cross thing. That is very Hollywood. Yeah. That's very uh, horror movie. For a couple of reasons. One, uh, it seems that he's responding to the presence of holy water with what is um, popularly seen as a unholy symbol but that's not actually what that is the upside down cross is actually a catholic symbol associated with the martyrdom of saint peter he was martyred and to be crucified and he requested that his cross be upside down because he felt that he was not worthy of being crucified the same way that christ was so this is actually seen as a symbol that represented um like the, the papacy the pope so it was a holy symbol it's not really until kind of recently in movies that it's been shown to be like a like an anti-Christian symbol, but it's not. It's it, it's really not. <laughs> so for a monk specifically mm-hmm. to do this makes zero sense. Do you think his favorite fruit is monk fruit? What is monk fruit? You don't know what monk fruit is? Like it the... sounds like you don't know what monk fruit is either. No, it's like what they use as sweeteners. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah, you probably put it in his tea, I bet. <laughs> I see. I see. This was a long joke. I see. (laughs) It's all just a big joke to you. Yes. So this started to come to a head when Joe and Jean were in bed. They wake up and they see the figure of the monk above them. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's not specified if he was like standing over them or if he was floating above them Babadook style. I was thinking like like Dana from Ghostbusters. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's what happened is he was floating above and he looked down at Joe he was like, are you the key master? <laughs> and he was just like, I'm married. And then the monk, the, the monk disappeared. Oh. He was like, oh, no. <gasps> oh, my God. He's a hopeless romantic, too. I don't think so. I think um, we just made all that up. Well. That... <laughs> what if the monk was scared and was like, I'm staying in bed with you guys? <gasps> oh, I love that. Yeah, that's probably not what happened. But We don't know that, though. So it goes back to if we don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> and I couldn't really find anything about this um, this incident. Mm-hmm. Really, the the whole description of the incident is he was over their bed. It doesn't say what they did. It doesn't say if he disappeared or you know what happened. They gave Three him way? A con- gross. <laughs> My goodness, he's a man of the cloth, allegedly. <laughs> and so it's it's not really. There's not a lot of information about it. Mm-hmm. After that point. Um, he was seen multiple times and only by family members. And then he started to get seen by some friends of the family. And then the activity abruptly stopped completely. Hmm. And that was basically it for a while. Um, the Eventually the son inherited the house. So he owned the house until eventually he sold it off to the producers of the film when the lights went out. Which is about, it's loosely based on this story. That's sketchy as hell. Is it though? I mean... I don't know. Make a make a buck, I guess. I don't know. I guess. What is sketchy to me is the the son when he was packing up, like moving out. His neighbor noticed he was moving out and asked him, like, "Oh, are you are you? Did you sell it to one of your nephews or cousins?" 
uh, she mentioned something about how she's she's heard the TV quite loud recently. She wasn't complaining; she was just kind of noting it. Mm. And he was like, "We don't even have a TV." And he was like, "Oh God, it's starting <laughs> again." And is this an actual interaction? This literally happened. This is what the neighbor says he said. Who talks like that? Uh, exactly. It's exactly. Um, maybe he did say those things as a way to sort of like, because if he moves away, because the house is an attraction now. Yeah. Um, I don't think anybody lives there. I do know that you can, you can rent it to like do investigations, but you're not allowed to use a Ouija board and you're not allowed to perform any exorcisms. Uh, but you are allowed to investigate the house, but you have to pay. Oh. So I think. With your soul? (laughs) It wasn't specified on the website. Oh. I'm a ginger. I I don't got anything. (laughs) So I think that that was, if, if he really did say that, he was adding to the legend. You know, mm. he was giving the neighbor something to say to other people and kind of build the legend a little bit more, yeah. maybe. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it does sound really fishy. <laughs> so I don't believe that any of the things that happened here were paranormal. Um, I do believe that this was a very sort of disorganized hoax. Mm-hmm. A lot of times this case is sort of talked about in the same breath as the Enfield poltergeist because they're both to do with poltergeist. They're both to do with children of this age. There was some history that that developed after the fact. Mm-hmm. Um, there was an author, Tom Cuniff, who wrote a book about the haunting. He's also written a couple of other um, paranormal books about like Yorkshire and uh, the surrounding area. And in it, he does some kind of research and finds out that there was a 16th century monk named Carl <laughs> <laughs> who who probably the ghost who lived, I guess, in the area. And there are some reports that near to where the house stands, there used to be the town Gallows. Mm-hmm. But these are reports. Like, it's not been confirmed if that is true. Oh. And I actually couldn't find out a whole lot about this author. He, he has a couple of books, but he's not very successful or very well known. And I can't find any information to corroborate mm. his version of the, the, you know, the monk and, uh, you know, what it is and who it was. I don't know where he came up with this stuff. I haven't been able to corroborate it. I actually have a question about monks. Oh, okay. I I can tell by your face that you don't actually have a question. No, I do have a question. I know. It's going to be a joke. I'm ready. What do you call a monk who steals a grilled cheese sandwich right off the griddle? What? Out of the frying pan and into the fryer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Someone's going to find this funny. Zach will find this funny, okay? Yeah, no, that's great. I'm just... I'm still digesting into the fryer. Oh my god. Oh, you have more of these. I can see your list on your phone. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have another? No. (laughs) (laughs) I believe you. He, Like I said, he wrote this book about it, and uh, he's made quite a bit of money off of it. He's done some town halls since then where, like, people who are coming to investigate or coming to just kind of sightsee the house, they have, like, a big meeting where all the ghost hunters get together and talk. And he's been at a few of those. So he's he's made a little bit of scratch off of this. For I sure. bet he like does the kind of thing that the people on the Queen Mary did. Like, Which um, not cruises, but like excursions. Yeah, to or go. like haunted tours. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And a lot of shows have featured this place. Um, probably most famously is the show Most Haunted. That was wretched. Yeah, that was pretty awful. I mean, to its credit, 
the show was so badly, the story and everything was so badly presented. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think the drama that's created by the two hosts, like, sort of overshadows a lot of stuff. It was, it overshadowed the story so much that I got really curious about the actual story. Mm-hmm. So it made me want to do more research. <laughs> so, I mean, there's that. <laughs> but they found a lot of things in that investigation that I found really interesting, but still very easily explainable yeah like we watched the video with the ping pong balls blowing around yeah and they it was really bizarre because they say in the narration there's no air conditioner there's nothing blowing through the window but you can see the curtains moving yeah the curtains are like kind of like pressed against the window which would be indicative of like air conditioning yeah fan (laughs) something yeah blowing against it Mm -hmm. and then when the balls roll in the other direction they come away from the wall and i'm like okay so there's definitely something at play here I, I mean, it could be someone outside the window with a fan. Just <laughs> <laughs> From what I understand about that show, because I've only watched a couple of the episodes, they're mm-hmm. really hard to watch. Oh, yeah. They actually have a reputation for faking evidence. Yeah. It's, <gasps> what? I know. Like, mild shock. <laughs> uh, so it, it's not outside the realm of possibility that that's what happened. Yeah. But I also watched the episode of um, Paranormal Lockdown, mm-hmm. which I really like the idea for that show where they spend, you know, uh, sometimes they spend a night, but sometimes they spend multiple nights at a location. Mm-hmm. But they're also spending the days there. Oh, that's cool. That's and, different. And I like that a lot because I don't understand why ghosts have to only be checked out at night. Yeah. Like, are they not ghosts all the time? Like, Wait, Maybe they sleep during the day. Maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, why would they be up at night, though? Because they're up all night. All night. Oh, I was like, you can't say they're up all night because they're up all night. <laughs> but there was a song, so I yeah, understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. No, don't be sorry. It's great. <laughs> but our theme music is garbage. We need more songs. <laughs> <laughs> Just me badly singing stuff. <laughs> that will do for like our hundredth episode. Is you will you'll do like acapella theme <laughs> song. <laughs> That'll be perfect. So we don't know if the monk is even real. Yeah, we really don't. And the whole idea that it is a monk, mm-hmm. um, originally the family was calling him Fred. <laughs> you know, I always wanted to be like a Gregorian monk, but I never had the chance. <laughs> oh my god. I, t- I wish that people could see your face. Like, you genuinely believe in these jokes. It's amazing. <sighs> I think the worst part is I laugh at my own jokes so hard and I can't read them without laughing, so you know a joke's about to come up. I know up. a joke is coming, but you're an easy laugh, and I love that. Like, <laughs> I think it's it's better. I'm kind of a harder laugh. I'm not proud of that. It sucks. Mm-hmm. But like, I think it's better to be an easier laugh, because then you're, you're, more of your day is filled with laughing. Yeah, and then I could just make myself laugh. Yeah, and you do, constantly. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> they were calling the ghost Fred for a while, and then once the parents saw the robed figure... They decided he was a monk and other people have captured photographs of things that look vaguely like a hooded figure. Um, One of the most famous pictures I saw, which has been described as the most clearest, most definitive evidence of Mm -hmm. the monk. It is what looks like smoke that kind of looks like a robed arm holding more smoke. Uh, but they claim that it's a, a, a arm holding rosary beads. But it's like on the corner of a wall, I guess. So it could just be well, an it's arm from around sticking a, out. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of around a corner. But yes, it yeah. does look like it could just be a shadow of someone's arm. Like It's, it's very dubious, to say yeah. the least. So one of the things I was interested about with this particular case um, that you don't get to see in other ones, like the Perrin family haunting and the, the Enfield poltergeist, 
is that people still claim that there's paranormal activity at this house. So with the parent family haunting, like, they left the house and everything just stopped. Yeah. Same thing with the, the Enfield poltergeist. Like, the, it was an episode. It and came Jeff. to an end. Yeah, and Jeff. Like, it came to an end. But that's not the case with Black Monk. People who investigated it, and all these shows that investigated it, I'm going to exclude most haunted from that general mm-hmm. brushing. Just because they faked evidence. So I don't, I can't believe anything that they have to say now. There are lots of paranormal. I mean, I even found a, a YouTube channel and it was, like, just some amateur people, like, that just, they paid to do the investigation Mm -hmm. they didn't investigate they filmed it and it was just some people like it wasn't a big you know production and i really liked it and they claimed to have experiences Mm -hmm. i find that very intriguing because the family themselves said that the the activity was spotty it would stop all of a sudden out of nowhere then it would start up again but the activity was very dramatic um, people being uh, the activity nowadays contemporary yeah. uh, evidence I, I guess we'll call it or contemporary um, reports is people getting punched people getting shoved thrown around uh, all kinds of stuff so furniture moving around objects marbles being thrown around really dramatic stuff and that is very intriguing to me because you don't really see that with a lot of these uh, famous hauntings yeah so I wanted to look at a little bit of the stuff that I've uncovered as far as contemporary phenomena that people have seen and kind of talk a little bit about it. Um, the chief among them is people having feelings when they go into the building. They go in the oh, house. Oh, <laughs> They go into the house and they, they feel dread. They feel a presence. They feel like they shouldn't be there. Some kind Me of... Me at Walmart. <laughs> anywhere public. <laughs> Uh, they feel some kind of pressure to not be there, which you've seen in actually, if you watch any of the videos about this place, pretty much every investigator says that same thing. Now, this is a very common thing in paranormal investigations and in paranormal uh, experiences people have a feeling of dread or a feeling of menace or being watched. And this is pretty much explained. Uh, not all of them. I'm not going to say that across the board, this sort of thing is explained, but It's explained by two different phenomena. One is psychological and one is physiological. The psychological one is called priming. This is when you are going to a location that you have been told is haunted. And so your mind becomes ready to see and experience paranormal activity. Mm -hmm. So when you get there, you might feel a sense of dread because your mind is like, okay, I'm now entering the lair of the ghost. I'm going to be watched or something like that. And I think that's the the version of this that most of us have experienced. Uh, like we've talked about in previous episodes, the the very spooky mortar battery in Sandy Hook where we yeah. grew up. And while it's basically just an old rundown military base that's abandoned and it's like a historical site, it's spooky. Like, Soup's spooky. It's a really unpleasant place to be. Uh, you, you feel watched and you feel kind of, you know. Yeah scared <laughs> that's because you kind of build yourself up it's like this is where people ward yeah and <laughs> yeah and exactly it. you prime yourself for it right away no one has died at that battery so there really isn't any reason for there to be ghosts but it feels like the kind of place where a ghost would be yeah and that and i mean i've i my sister has stories of seeing things there i have friends who had stories of seeing things there and that's sort of the paint that you brush that experience with and mm-hmm. you color it with The second uh, phenomenon is a physiological one that is becoming a really big topic in paranormal investigations communities, uh, and that is infrasound. 
it seems like everybody is talking about infrasound right now, and I love that. It basically started with this uh, scientist who's working in a lab, and he happened to also be a fencer. So he brought his foil in so that he could make sure it was all straightened and ready for his fencing competition. This sounds like the most interesting man. Yeah, can you imagine that? Like, you're a scientist and you fence. Like, yeah. And you helped discover an explanation for hauntings. <laughs> a possible explanation. And he had clamped it to a desk, this foil. And what he noticed is that the tip of the foil would wave up and down on its own. It's important to note that prior to this, people had vaguely paranormal experiences in the lab. A feeling of dread, feeling of being watched, and just an uneasy sort of emotion when you're in there. And what they found out was that there was a fan in the ventilation system above the lab that didn't make any noise, but that the noise that you could hear, but the noise that it did make was at about 19 hertz, which Mm -hmm. is just under where humans can hear, and was the same resonant frequency as the foil. So it was causing it to move. Do you know what else has a resonant frequency of 19 hertz? No. Your eyeballs. (laughs) So sometimes infrasound, which is a sound that is below human hearing, it can, you know, send sound vibrations through the air. And these vibrations, if they are the same uh, resonant frequency of certain objects, can cause your eyes to vibrate ever so slightly. And cause you to see things, can make you feel uneasy, depressed, anxious... And it can give you a sense of unease and dread. So you could say that believers were foiled. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh, okay. Science wins again. (laughs) Uh, So infrasound could be the explanation for a lot of paranormal phenomena. And I mentioned that in relation to the Black Monk case because a lot of people have these weird feelings when they go in there. And it's possible that this is what they're experiencing. Uh, There was a case of a woman who had, um, she had a clock by her bed. And while it didn't make a noise that she could hear, it was, uh, the resonant frequency of the infrasound that it was releasing was enough to make her anxious every time she laid down to go to bed. So she couldn't I always have a clock with me. (laughs) (laughs) It's my internal clock. (laughs) My biological clock uh, (laughs) makes me anxious. And she had a hard time sleeping. And until this was discovered, she she was struggling. Like, the sleep was making her anxiety worse. It was causing her to get depressed. It was affecting her overall health. Then she got rid of the clock one day, and it all stopped. (laughs) Maybe I don't have narcolepsy. Maybe I just have a weird clock around me. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's the cats. Maybe the cats make a noise that uh, ruins our lives. They make many noises that ruins our lives. I can hear her licking her paws. She's like six feet away. (laughs) I can hear Gloom, you're the noisiest. (laughs) She's so lucky. She's adorable. All right. Now you're licking your butt. (laughs) That's not adorable. Oh, she's mad. She heard me. I bet we could pick that up on the mic. That shaking. Oh, some episodes you could hear the jingle. Oh, my goodness. Go jingle somewhere else. So one of the other things that people have experienced in this house is seeing the monk, not straight on, but out of the corner of their eyes Mm -hmm. in their periphery. Um, and I think that's a fairly common one for ghost sightings is they'll, you know, you're looking some, especially if it's dark, which mm-hmm. they're almost always dark, and you'll see something move out of the corner of your eye. I mean, I've had that happen to me here at our very not haunted house. Yeah. Where I'll see something move out of the corner of my eye and I'll look and it's not there. What do you think that is? I think it's just easy for your eyes to do that because it happens to me at work all the time where I think, you know, like 
you know, someone I work with is there and they're not. I think it's just your eyes do weird things sometimes. You're absolutely right, actually. Um, this is, has to do with the mechanics of your eyes. So your eyes are made, human eyes, are made up of rods and cones. The two structures that help us absorb everything within the, you know, the visible spectrum that we're able to absorb. So closer to the middle of your eye, you have a mixture of rods and cones. And this is the, the cones are the things that pick up on color. And they're also the things that pick up on fine details. Now, this part of your vision actually kind of deteriorates as you get to the edges of your vision. And that's because you have more cones in the center of your eye and more rods in the periphery of your vision. And rod we trust. <laughs> and the rods, while they're not so great at picking up fine details, they're a lot better at picking up motion. Do they do the locomotion? <laughs> if there's enough infrasound, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what this means is that this is a survival uh, characteristic. It's something that we developed as you know early primates to help us avoid and detect danger. Because if something is sneaking up on you in your periphery, it would probably be a lot better that you can detect that motion mm -hmm. than not, obviously. Yeah. While you can't make out fine details at the periphery of your vision, the rod structures at the in your periphery are highly tuned to detecting motion. So they pick up motion way easy. That's why you see stuff out of the corner of your eye all the time. But then you look and you don't really see it. I didn't know there was a whole science to this. Yeah, your eyes are, they're not doing weird stuff. They're doing exactly what nature designed them to do, which is warn you of danger right outside your vision. I have an astigmatism. I want to know why that's there. Uh, phones. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Well, I mean, astigmatism is, it's, you know, it's a defect in the muscles in your eye. They don't contract correct way, so your your eyes take a little bit longer to focus than it's a defect. You're busted. <laughs> <laughs> Holy my face. <laughs> and the the other piece of, you know, sort of paranormal phenomena that gets reported a lot is people seeing figures. Mm -hmm. And in this case, there's lots of figures that get seen. Um, I feel like the one where they wake up and they see him, I automatically discount stuff where people are half asleep. Yeah. Because your mind is still trying to figure out all the crap around you. Like, I always think our punching bag is like a dude. Yeah. We have a punching bag in the bedroom. I always mistake it for somebody. It's in like the corner of the room and it's black and it's tall. <laughs> well, and in like our daughter's room, she has like a four post bed. And on one of the posts, she has like a towel and a jacket and stuff hanging from it. And every time I walk by her room going to the bathroom in the middle of the night, I swear to God, there's a person <laughs> in the room. So I have a split second of terror. And then I go, oh, right. I put all that shit there <laughs> <laughs> to scare future me. <laughs> so that is part of the pareidolia. Uh, effect. It's not really called the pareidolia effect, but it is called pareidolia. Um, but it is an effect where, um, as early primates, we became very good at um, recognizing each other. This is so hardwired into who we are and what we are as a species that we see faces everywhere. Oh, yeah. I constantly I yeah. take pictures and send them to everyone. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's as a pastime, finding yeah. faces and things. Now, the pareidolia doesn't just help you identify faces. It helps you identify bodies, too. So something that looks like a, you know, a plume of smoke, you could see a face in it. You could see a figure in it. Uh, I mean, like you're saying, you're seeing a figure in mm -hmm. an object that is very much not shaped like a person. Yeah. Uh, the other, the when people are hearing voices also, that's called audio pareidolia. But I think that that's accountable for like 99% of EVP uh, mm -hmm. stuff. 
Uh, same thing for the spirit box. Oh, I hate that thing. I hate the spirit box so much. It's so loud. And its very premise, I think, is flawed Like for, as, a, as an investigative tool to say, well, it cycles through radio stations. And then, like, the spirit can talk through it. Like, first of all, that's completely conjectured. Like, you're just deciding that that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. Secondly, you're cycling through radio stations that have things being broadcast over them. Yeah. You're going to pick up on some sounds, either background sounds or some sounds that are going to sound like voices. Or actual voices. And then, that audio paradalia, you're going to find the the pattern in there because we are really hardwired to find a pattern how often do you think that they pick up like elvis duran from zoo 100 <laughs> the z morning zoo yeah oh my god they're like oh man he said something about some concert tickets <laughs> what a weird ghost pareidolia is believed by some people to be a form of apophenia or apophenia and apophenia is this it's a psychological phenomenon where you mistake connections between things that are otherwise unrelated Oh, like me in high school. Indian boys liked me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. But it goes a little bit deeper than just creating connections where there are none. Because it can sometimes be followed by a feeling of sort of abnormal meaningfulness. uh, Where you find two things that you've sort of created a connection to in your mind. And that connection is intensely meaningful to you. Or the fact that they seem so unrelated is very meaningful. Uh, I think apophenia is largely responsible for, um, like, conspiracy theories, mm-hmm. where people see, oh, they're all connected, you know, like the sort of Da Vinci Code kind of <laughs> clues. But this is also something that we see with paranormal investigations a lot, uh, where people are drawing conclusions based on two things that they see as connected that are not actually connected. Uh, it's not really... Um, that unusual it's not a sign of mental illness although it is very common in people with schizophrenia Uh unrelated to paranormal investigating but just i thought you know that is also interesting i have one more story if you're interested oh yeah obviously because your face is telling me that this is a legitimate normal story (laughs) and it's not going to end with a long drawn out joke please proceed (laughs) (laughs) some monks came down to a small village in need of carpentry they offered to replace the wooden pillars and support beams in all the buildings by themselves when the villagers asked why they were being so generous, the head monk simply said, Isn't it obvious? We're reposting for karma. <laughs> I don't get that one. Reddit. Reposting for karma. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh, car- okay. I don't I don't read it, so I read it very rarely. Yeah, well, I read it a lot. Oh, these are more monks like Buddhist monks. There's not that many other monk jokes. I'm just trying to understand that joke. That's a rare miss for you. That's I usually get them right away. All of my jokes are funny. Yeah, no, I mean, like, all food tastes good, just not to everybody. (laughs) (gasps) Oh my god. If you think my jokes are funny, email us at hardlyparanormal at gmail.com. Not one person has ever emailed us about anything. Or go on Instagram and find me and say, Lacey, you're hilarious. Where can people find you on Instagram? Lacey underscore cakey. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) And now there are obviously some phenomena that can't be explained by these things. Um, Like the balls moving. That's not really a thing with your mind or your physiological, you know, structure uh, acting in a way that you don't understand or expect. That's a hoax. That's people hoaxing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's really where I think paranormal investigating gets interesting. Is once you eliminate all the basic stuff, then you start focusing in on, well, how did that happen? Like the ping pong balls moving around. 
Now, they staged it very, very well, so that's really hard to tell mm-hmm. that there's air moving. But, I mean, if you look enough, you'll see it. I think that that's a real... I love that kind of stuff. When people are hoaxing, I love mm. that. I think that's really interesting. I have a question. Oh, man. <laughs> if someone is trying to convince someone else to do a hoax, are they coaxing them to do hoaxing? I tried to coax a few people into a hoaxing. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes uh, I will make people think I want them to do something, but that's hoaxing a coaxing. That's different. <laughs> <laughs> that's so stupid. <laughs> We're cutting out most of this. <laughs> yeah, I think that if you go into some investigations with an understanding of what infrasound is and how it works, how your eyes work and how your vision works, yeah, the tendency for humans towards pattern identification and pareidolia and really understanding that just because you feel genuinely that there could be a connection between something doesn't mean there is. Yep. It could be apophenia. <laughs> so, you know, stop calling him. <laughs> <laughs> He's just not that into you. <laughs> uh, I really like this story. I think it's really interesting, this this narratively, this story of like a monk yeah. that's uh, haunting and then he, you know, it grows and grows and grows and grows. Apparently, like this monk, the history that they discovered was that he was hanged for um, raping and murdering like a teenage girl. And, and they said, oh, that's why he's attacking Diane because she's around that age. And narratively, I think that's very frightening and very, um, you know, compelling. But there's really no solid evidence to back that story up whatsoever. And this case is often described as like the most violent poltergeist in the world. And that's not really what I've observed through the story. And when you look at contemporary investigations, there's never video of anyone getting attacked. There's never video of people being knocked down. There's never video of things getting like thrashed or anything like that. It always happens off camera or they tell you about it later. And while video doesn't necessarily prove that it's, you know, real. It helps. It it helps. Yeah, it helps a lot. Um, I think on Real Life Ghost Stories, they did an episode about the Black Monk and they talked about Most Haunted and how uh, the one guy, he gets like yanked off the porch and then it was found that it was a rope <laughs> that was on his waist. Oh, no. And I, I, I saw that and then I, you know, I went back and listened to their episode uh, and was like, Wow. That happened, and people are still going and investigating. Yeah. So I don't think that this case has really earned the description of most violent poltergeist, because that has not been observed. Mm -hmm. What do you think about this case? And what do you think about some of the phenomena that we talked about? I don't buy any of it. Like, I like to keep an open mind. But, like, there's too much against it being real. Yeah, it fe- it smells very awfully like a uh, hoax. Yeah, like there's not any of it that I believe. I've not even really been intrigued by any of it. Yeah. I'm not go- Well, I mean like I've been intrigued by the story because mm-hmm. the story is really cool, but unfortunately that's really all it seems to amount to is just a story. Yeah, my favorite part of this are my jokes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, the story is very classic horror movie. In the way that it's, you know, the events as they unfold, it's all very dramatic. And a lot of the stuff that they saw was very classic haunting stuff. You know, I mean, this could very easily have been an Ed and Lorraine Warren kind of uh, case. You know how you know it's not that popular? Ed and Lorraine Warren didn't show up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I think it just wasn't up their alley, like... Maybe it seemed too fake on the outside. There wasn't really That's any... how bad it is. That's how bad it is. Well, the author that got involved, Tom Conniff, like, 
his book came out decades after this had happened um and the movie you know was loosely based on it kind of like the conjuring is sort of loosely based yeah. on the parent family holiday but it's still based on it in an identifiable way mm-hmm. like uh i'm pretty sure that the movie and the producers like they just made a bunch of crap up for this one but i'm not intrigued at all by any of the stuff uh, a study of paranormal uh phenomena like yeah. it's it's all very it smells very hoaxy to me every time you say phenomenon my brain goes manana <laughs> I think of the song White Lines. Something better than nothing. My body to come along to white lines. No one is still listening. No one is here. You know what? Oh, I thought for a moment that it had stopped recording. And I was like, holy crap, how long have we been speaking? (laughs) That's what everyone else is thinking, too. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Um, Yeah, so I kind of want to thank Matt for the recommendation. Matt over at Full Movie Podcast. If for some crazy reason... You are not listening to Full Movie Podcast. You should be. It's way better than this podcast. (laughs) It really is. They are delightful and funny. They're very wholesome people um, and they're very, uh, very nice people. They really love movies and they have such a great and engaging way of talking about them. And it's only like 15 or 20 minutes. So you could actually sit and listen to it. Unlike us who go on for a long time i don't even look at the timer anymore it just makes me (laughs) sad i'm like oh my god there's so much editing i have to do now matt likes to uh, brag about how they don't have to do uh, any editing yeah good for you matt (laughs) (laughs) but no their show is awesome Uh, they just did an episode about rocky four and it was very very good (laughs) um i really really enjoyed it he talked it's very very good i'm not going to talk about what they talked about uh, you should go listen and check it out for yourself. Full movie podcast. Very, very excellent. They have a very special 10th episode coming up. And I know what it's going to be about. And I'm not telling anybody, but it's going to be really awesome. I'm trying to keep up with my podcast, but I've been listening to techno all day, every day. So the only recommendation I have is Boosting It by Fisher. I don't know how old that song is. I don't know when it came out, but it's rad. Yeah, you know what? As far as recommendations go, I mean, I'm always going to recommend Full Movie Podcast because I really like it. Uh, it's, it's just a great show. I listen to a lot more podcasts than you, but I also work from home, so I have the time to listen yeah. to more podcasts. But yeah, let's make some recommendations. You made your recommendation for techno music. Ooh, which I have is great. one more. Um, if you like spooky music, um, Harley Poe is like if the Decemberists hung out in a graveyard way too long. Yeah, I could agree to that. Yeah. Uh, I think it was like if the Decemberists hung out in a graveyard and one of the songwriters was the guy from Cage the Elephant. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's a really convoluted description. But <laughs> my recommendation is also a musical. Uh, there's this really great album by uh, Darren Baranowski called Crypt of the Necro Dancer. <laughs> I super recommend it. It's actually the original soundtrack for a game um, called Crypt of the Necro Dancer, which is also a super fun game. It's uh, like a 2D kind of puzzle game. It's uh, very old school. There's a great song on there called Rhythm Mortis, (laughs) (laughs) which I love that. I love all the names of the songs are like that. Uh, So you go go ahead and check that out. It's on Spotify. It's on iTunes. And um, it will have you dancing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm getting into like a real dancey mood because we have like the the holiday weekend coming up. (laughs) And I'm going to I have three days off after this bear of a week. So I'm super excited. And our daughter's birthday is on Saturday. Our daughter's birthday is on Saturday. She's going to be eight. Happy birthday, Lily. I love you. I love you too. You're awesome. You're amazing. We have a bunch of paintings of hers to hang up because she spent the last couple of days just 
painting and watching YouTube. Being <laughs> That's a genius. the dream. Yeah, she's living the life. <laughs> so if you like this episode, you can follow us on Twitter at Hardly Paranormal with the Y. Uh, we're also on Instagram at Hardly Paranormal. That is where we are the most. And you can also like and join our Facebook group. Um, we're getting a little bit more active with the Facebook group. Trying. We're trying. It's tough. This week was really hard. We were not on our social media game <laughs> this week. It's just the end of every day. We both turned into just like a melted pile, <laughs> like a like a terribly made voodoo doll on the couch. It was like that thing from the thing. Yeah. We that's, like that. We all got on the couch and melded into one exhausted family. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you can also subscribe to us on uh, Spotify. You can follow us on Spotify. I don't think it's subscribe. I think it's follow on Spotify. You are an old man. I am so old. You can subscribe to us on CastBox. And if you do that, you get uh, the option to have our episodes automatically downloaded to your CastBox app as soon as they come out, which is super duper handy. Um, we also are on Apple Podcasts. Please, please go leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us out a lot. It helps awesome people like you find uh slightly more than mediocre podcasts like ourselves <laughs> <laughs> it really does help us out a lot um please 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 we would super duper enjoy a review if you like my jokes leave us a review on apple podcasts or um if you don't like her jokes uh you can mention that in the reviews too but be super nice about it or i will send you a glitter bomb <laughs> <laughs> oh i would love that yeah you would <laughs> Uh, yeah, but if you do, if you have any questions or comments or suggestions for the show, or if you want to send us a picture or... A cute you, picture of the monk. A cute picture of the monk. If you, I mean, literally, send us anything. Uh, you can do that at hardlyparanormal at gmail.com. I check the email all the time. Um, it's kind of nice. I go it's in... It's just a tumbleweed. <laughs> I dust it out. Yeah, I, 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 I kick all the tumbleweeds out. And I go, yep, still in pristine shape. <laughs> oh, if you have any dad jokes you want to send me. I love dad jokes. Yeah. Dad jokes are great. But they're my sustenance. (laughs) (laughs) So I've been Jerry. I've mostly been Lacey. And remember, it's probably just the wind. Monk Joe.